All right, so Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, we're going to read through 42, which is the end of the chapter. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, for some of you, this is a familiar text. How many of you have heard the story of Mary and Martha before? Okay, we're going to try to come at it from a new angle, which is difficult when you guys have heard it before. I asked last week how many people had heard at least five sermons on the parable of the Good Samaritan, and you all raised your hands, and it made me uncomfortable. So I'm not going to ask that question this morning. But here we go. Mary and Martha, kind of from a different uh, vantage point, maybe, if you will. And here's the first thing I want you to see uh, that the text would show us, okay? That, that we can, um, and we often are, so busy doing what we think needs to be done that we neglect spending time with Jesus, okay? Guys, we can be so busy doing what we think needs to be done that we actually neglect spending time with Jesus. And so, so the basic story, guys, is, is that Jesus is, is going to head to the town of Mary and Martha because he has what? He has set his face to Jerusalem, right? His whole ministry has changed. The cross is before him. That is his focus. He knows that his time on earth physically is going to be limited now. And he cares for this family. Now, the family is made up of Mary and Martha, and it doesn't mention that they have a brother named Lazarus, right? So he's at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, this family that he dearly loves. He knows that his time is limited, and so he's come here. This is huge. This is a big deal. He's come just to spend time with them. Isn't that a cool thought? That Jesus cares for you so much that he just wants to come hang out with you. And that's what's going on here, right? And so that's the basis of the story. And so we have two sisters and how they receive this truth that Jesus wants to come and spend time with them. Now, the first sister is Mary, right? And, And boy, does she receive it. Mary enjoys him, right? Jesus wants to come and spend time with her. And Mary just soaks it up from the, from, from the word go. She is enjoying being in the presence of Jesus. She is sitting at his feet. And it doesn't even say that he's teaching. Maybe he's just telling stories. Oh, you remember that time we were in Capernaum? <laughs> right? I, I don't know. Um, whatever Jesus is doing, she's just, she's so, she can't get enough. She's sitting at his feet. She's just enjoying it. So we've got Mary and, and, um, and, and, and that's awesome, right? Uh, Martha, however, it says in verse 40, um, it says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And those are interesting words. The, the word distracted, uh, literally in the Greek, it means that she was drawn away from. It means that she was driven about mentally. Have you ever felt that way? You know, when you feel scatterbrained, like your brain is running 50 miles an hour in different directions. That's what it means to be driven about. She's being driven this way and driven that way and driven this way. And, and she's thinking about all these things. It means to be over-concerned. So she's drawn away. She's driven about mentally. By what? By all the preparations that had to be made. She's driven about mentally by all the preparations that had to be made. And this word, preparations, get this, actually means ministry. Ministry. She's crazy in the head. She's being drawn about in several directions because she's trying to do 
ministry because she is trying to serve Jesus. Now, if that were the message, I, I, I got to be honest, I'd hear some amens and you guys would be like, yep, uh, I'm going to sit down. I'm not going to serve anymore. And luckily, thanks to Jesus, that is not the message. Okay, so hang on with me. Don't quit Kingdom Kids or Sunday school teaching yet. Okay, um, so Jesus lets us in on something that I think most of us have missed when we're reading this text. And here it is. Okay, it's in verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Now, that word worried, it means what you think it does, right? It means anxious. It means you're anxious about many things, okay? But what you don't see is that that word anxious or worried actually means uh, seeking to promote one's own interest, okay? She's worried, she's anxious, but it, comes, it, it means she's anxious about what? She's anxious about her own interest, Okay, and so let's frame that now understanding what the word means. Jesus comes to her house. It's a special occasion. And so she senses the moment, how important it is. Right. And so what does she do? She develops a plan. She wants to do something special for Jesus in return. So instead of cooking a simple meal, which would have been easy, she could have had, you know, some bread and fish. And and, and, I mean, come on, it's Jesus for crying out loud. She could have brought five loaves and two fish and they would have had a fancy feast. You know what I'm saying? But instead, she kind of develops this plan. We're going to have this massive banquet meal and, and it's going to be amazing. And so she, she plans out the menu. She gets everything set, right? And, 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 and she's running around like a chicken with her head cut off, trying to uh, take care of all the details. Meanwhile, she's distracted from the one thing that's really important. The one reason that Jesus has come, which is what? To spend time with her. You see... She's not just distracted by serving. She's distracted by her vision of what serving means. You get it? She has developed her own plan for how she's going to serve Jesus. And her own plan is so complicated and so difficult that she actually misses spending time with Jesus altogether. It's kind of a bad deal. All right. Now... How many of you are like, yes, that sounds awesome. I've never done that, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you've never neglected time with Jesus. Any of you? Never because you're working on your own stuff? None of you? Just, I'm the only sinner here? Come on, who else is a sinner? One, three, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I thought it was just me. Um, well, listen, if you like that first point as much as I did, you're going to love the second, because here it comes, ready? I want you to see this. That, that kind of life actually has consequence, you see, when we, when we focus on what we think needs to be, be done, the consequence is that we get really frustrated with anyone else that doesn't share our passion. Okay? When, when, we're, when we're focused on what we think needs to be done, we get really frustrated with anybody else that doesn't share our passion. So, so Martha has it in her mind to do something special for Jesus, and all of these details have her all distracted. And, and, and I want you to see this. She is overwhelmed by everything that needs to get done, uh, the mess that she's created in her mind. And so she lashes out at two folks. The first is her sister, which the text doesn't say this, but it is implied. Ready? It's implied. Okay? So just imagine... So Mary is in with Jesus, and she's just sitting, and she's just laughing. You can, Martha's in the other room, right? She's preparing stuff, and she can hear, she can hear Mary. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, Jesus. And here Martha is. She is in the kitchen, right? She, she, I, I want you to picture it. Right? She is back cooking, right? So she, she's chopping stuff up. 
right? She's kneading the dough. She's, she's working. She's got flour all over her face, right? She's, she's trying, to, trying to bone the fish. I mean, she, she's just going, pots are clinging together. And, and then all of a sudden, she, she, she comes to this realization, she ain't going to make it, right? Dinner uh, time is coming, and, and there is no way that she's going to make it. This is going to be an epic failure, right? Epic failure. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get personal. <laughs> do you remember the very first Thanksgiving meal you put on that you decided to do at your house, ladies? Do you remember that? Come on. Come on. My wife's not here, so I can say it. She's probably watching on video, though. Um, she's always watching. I remember the first one that we hosted at our house. We had always gone to everybody else's house, right? And so we had our own home, uh, the first home that we actually bought with our own money, um, yeah, it was our own money. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was our own money. That in the bank, you know, whatever. But um, so, we, so we had bring people to our house, and, and we've painted everything. It's all decorated. It's all gorgeous. And, and we're like, okay. So uh, Hope planned out the whole menu, right? She's a planner. She planned out the whole menu. And I said, now, honey, you know my family. You know my family. They're going to bring stuff. Right? Oh, it's okay. I'll just tell them what to bring. I'll just tell them. I'll sign everybody a little thing. And she thought it was going to work like like small group. Mm-mm. And um, so she plans out the whole menu. And then my family shows up, and um, woohoo! That was fun. And um, so my grandmother, awesome, who was supposed to make stuffing, shows up with three um, nine by thirteen pans full of stuffing. Plus she made hors d'oeuvres. Plus she made dessert. <laughs> my mom made two or three things too. And so my wife had planned. Out, and she's like, ah, it was chaos. But I remember before everybody showed up and the menus went crazy, our house was like, it was crazy, right? And we, we were running around, we're trying to get everything picked up. We, did you get that in the oven? Did you, have you done this? Have you, you know, if you've ever watched Everybody Loves Raymond, they host Thanksgiving for the first time. She's like, where's my squash? It's my only yellow. Evidently, colors are important. I don't know. So this is Martha, friends. I want you to step into her world. She's in the kitchen, and, and finally it hits. I'm not going to make it. Jesus is here, and he's here. He brought his whole group. The teacher is here amongst us, and I am not going to make it. I have failed dinner. I came up with this great extravagant thing, and so she begins to freak out, and the thought of failure brings her to a point of frustration, and so she cries out, Mary! Mary! Where are you, Mary? And you could just see her in there. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't do it all by myself. I mean, how, how, how could any one person do all of this work? And here I am. I'm the only one working. Where is she? Where is she? Now the fish are burning. It's a problem. The, the dough is too sticky. It's not going to work. I'm, we're not going to have any bread. The fish are burned. And so finally she just storms out of the kitchen. She's done. This time, Mary is not the only one caught in her crosshairs. Now Jesus finds himself as the target of her frustration. And so she says, Lord, did you not hear me calling? That's not in there. I'm imagining it is. Surely you heard me, Lord, she says. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of the work All by myself. Get this, she gets gutsier. Lord, tell her, you, Lord of heaven and earth, go tell her to help me serve you. Now, don't laugh at Martha, because you've prayed that way too, haven't you? 
Lord of heaven and earth, send somebody to help me right now. See, all of a sudden the story hits home, doesn't it? And we go, oh, I don't like that about Martha. Oh, I don't really like that about me, right? Lord, don't you realize? See, she's so focused, guys, on what she wants to do that she is frustrated with anyone that doesn't share her passion, including God himself. Ever been there? You're passionate about something. You have a heart for something. You've made a plan, and God's plan is different. And so you shake your fist and you yell, God, why aren't you helping me? Egats. Right? So what do we do? What is the right response? I want you to see this last point, okay? You can almost put instead here. We must constantly spend time with Jesus, okay? Because he is the source of all true service. You see, the story of Mary and Martha, which actually happened, this is real, it's a real event that really happened, is actually a story that's all about ministry. It's all about service. It's all about the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. Maybe you didn't know that, but that's, that's the truth of it. It's all about the, the, the right way and the wrong way. Because Mary, uh, Martha really does want to serve the Lord. She wants to serve the Lord. She just kind of has her, her own um, thoughts about it. And so I want you to think back with me. Who was here when we talked about Jesus feeding the 5,000? Anybody remember that? Jesus feeding the 5,000? It was a few chapters back. Okay, so Jesus fed the 5,000 and... Um, and, and when we talked about that, one of the things we said, when we eat with Jesus, there's always leftovers, right? So, so remember, there's a boy, he had five loaves and two fish, ate with Jesus, fed 10,000 people, they picked up 12 basketfuls of leftovers. When we eat with Jesus, there's always leftovers. And we kind of said, when it comes to ministry, when we feed other people in our lives, we feed them out of those leftovers that we've had from eating with Jesus, okay? That, that, that's kind of the way that, that it works. And that's basically the lesson here. Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better. She looks at, looks at Martha and he says, listen, Mary has chosen what is better. Now, the actual wording, the way that it would read in the original language, is that Mary has chosen the better portion. Mary has chosen the better portion. So I want you to see, Martha is running around like a crazy person trying to make a meal. And Mary is seated at the feet of Jesus eating a meal. She is eating of Jesus she is eating of the bread of life. One is, is trying to prepare a meal. The other is actually partaking in the one meal that matters. That's the story. That's the contrast, right? And, and I, I want to show you this, this one thing. I think it's kind of important. Jesus says to Martha, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things, right? But only one thing is needed. And that word needed... Um, comes from, from an interesting word that means to borrow. means to borrow, right? So, so why, why is, is, is Mary chosen what is better? Well, she, she is, she's, she's chosen the one thing that is needed. Well, what is that one thing, ready? What is that one thing? It's the one thing that only Jesus has. She's chosen the one thing that Jesus has. He is the bread of life, right? He, he is living water. He, he, he is truth. He is life itself. And, and she has chosen that. And it's the one thing that's necessary. And so the picture literally, guys, is that Jesus has something, because the word means to borrow. Jesus has something that we don't possess on our own and by ourselves. 
And so what we have to do is we have to constantly go to Jesus and borrow his goodness. And we have to go to Jesus and borrow his love. And we have to go to Jesus and we have to borrow his kindness. And we have to go to Jesus and we have to borrow his compassion, right? You follow me? We've got to go to Jesus and borrow his grace because we do not have grace for other people. We've got to constantly go to Jesus. You remember the feeding of the 5,000? There were really, that was only men, so there's probably a head count of about 10,000. Jesus tells the disciples to have them sit down in groups of 50. That's 200 groups. Uh, 12 disciples, that's about 16 and a half trips per person. If, if they're in, or, or that's 16 and a half, yeah. Yeah, if, if they're seated in groups of 50. So let's just say it's 16 to make our math easier. So each disciple, if they could carry enough food for 50 people, would have to go to Jesus and fill up their arms and go to a group and, and empty themselves. And then they have to go to Jesus and fill up their, themselves and then they have to go to a group and empty. And they have to do that 16 times if they could carry enough food for 50 people. Now, how many of you have ever had to wait tables? Awesome! You should all wait tables at some point in your life. If you haven't done it, go get a job, okay? Try it out for a little while and you will start tipping people well. In my best heyday, I could carry enough food for about eight people. Eight. So, so, so let, let's just say that they could carry food for 25 people. Then you double your trips. That means they made 32 trips to feed everybody. If they, if they could only do um, 10, then it probably took them uh, 80 trips to feed everybody. That means that over and over and over, they were going to Jesus and getting full, and they were going to the people and emptying themselves. And they were going to Jesus and getting full, and they were going to the people and emptying themselves. Going to Jesus and getting full, and going to the people and emptying themselves. Why? Because they had to borrow what he had. Only one thing is needed. We need what Jesus has, and our world needs what Jesus has. He is the true source of service. Friends, we have nothing to give the world on our own and by ourselves. Nothing good. What we need is the love, the compassion, the mercy, the grace of Jesus Christ. And the only way we get that is by partaking in Him. By sitting at His feet. By soaking Him up. And then we have something to give. All right ministry starts here. All right ministry starts at the feet of Jesus. Okay? So what do we do with that kind of message? Um, and give you these things and we'll be done. Um, one, I think this message challenges us to examine our motives for ministry. Okay? Now, I, listen, this is, do not, after the sermon, be like, I'm just not going to serve anymore. Uh, that's not the point. We need service. And, and, and actually, the whole story is about the need to serve, but it's about the need to serve rightly. So what do I mean when I say examine your motives for ministry? Are you doing what you want to do are you doing what God wants you to do? Now, th- those things can be blurry because oftentimes God calls you to something that you have a desire for in your heart. But he oftentimes will call you to do that in a place that you don't want to do it with the people that you're not sure of. Right? God kind of has his own ways. And so I want to give you some signs that um, maybe uh, there's a potential problem. Maybe, maybe you're doing what you want instead of what he wants. Okay? So here are some warning signs. Uh, that there might be a potential problem. Number one, the, the first warning sign would be worry. If you are worried and, 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 and you're distracted constantly about whatever ministry you're a part of, that may be a sign that you're trying to do it out of your own strength and power. You're doing what you want to do, not what God wants you to do. Why? Because the word worry comes from a word uh, that means to promote um, your own motives, right? 
or to promote one's own, own, own desire. So if we're worried about something, right? So if you call me on, on Saturday and go, hey, pastor, how's it going? Are you, how, are you ready for tomorrow? Uh, and I go, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of I'm nervous about this text, and I, I don't know how the people are going to receive it, and I, I don't know if they're going to do what I want them to do, and that would probably be a bad sign because that's not my job to make you do anything. My job is to simply teach you the Word of God and let God's Spirit um, do what He wants to do, which is very freeing, by the way. Okay? So we, we've got to have that approach to ministry. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to let you be in charge of the results. Remember? It's our job to take out the message. It's his job to take care of the results, okay? So, so that would be one. One sign is worry. The second um, sign of a potential problem is neglecting time with Jesus. If you're so busy doing whatever ministry it is that you're doing that you're actually not spending time with the Lord, that's a problem, right? If you are too busy for Jesus, you are too busy. I'm not telling you to... By the way, the answer to that problem is not to stop what you're doing. The answer to that problem is to start spending time with Jesus, right? Because everything else is pointless, If I'm busy, 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 but I'm not spending time with Jesus, I have nothing to share because I don't have what I need. And if I don't have what I need, how can I give people what they need? All right? Okay? Three, third third thing, okay? Uh, If we're frustrated with others. If you find yourself constantly frustrated with other people, that's a really good indication that maybe you're doing what you want to be done. That was Martha's problem, right? She, she had in her mind this massive meal for Jesus, right, to really bless Jesus. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And when nobody else was on board, she's frustrated. She's mad. She's angry, okay? If you find yourself frustrated with other people all of the time, maybe it's not them. Maybe you are chasing after something that God does not want you to chase after. Maybe you have taken something very simple and made it very complex, Okay. Lastly, uh, judging others for their inactivity. <laughs> you want a warning sign that you, you might be chasing after, or, or after your stuff, doing what you want to do instead of what God wants you to do. If, if, you're, if you're so frustrated with other people that you start judging people because they're not doing what you would do. Listen, friends, the, the, the Bible doesn't say that we are all um, completely the same all of the time, Right? Right? Unity is not uniformity. In fact, the Bible would teach that we are all different parts and we all have different giftings and we all actually have different desires. And so unity is, is we all come under one lordship and we use the gifts that God had given us in the area that he's given them to us to serve faithfully. And when everybody does their job, the body of Christ is built up and we are allied unto the world. Okay? When I get mad at people for not doing my job, right? I'm not really very bright, am I? Not much of a light into the world when I start judging people because they're not doing the thing that I'm passionate about. You see it? Okay, so examine your motives for ministry. Two, sit down and spend time with Jesus. This is huge. Sit down and spend time with Jesus. John fifteen five. Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, he'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do Nothing. Apart from me, you can do... So how's your ministry working out? How's it going? Been frustrated? You know, the majority of Christians would tell you that they're probably frustrated with the amount of fruit they see in their life. Apart from me, you can do... Nothing. Right? 
This is where all ministry begins, at the feet of Jesus. If we are not soaking up Jesus... But guys, we do not have what we need to impact people's life positively. We don't have it. We don't possess it. Don't believe me? Get stuck in traffic. Right? You do not possess the right things on your own and by yourself to positively impact the world. Let somebody cut you off. Right? If that doesn't do it, let them cut you off, you honk your horn, and then they wave at you without using all their fingers. Right? And you tell me everything in you that is good and loving. Right? You tell me how you respond then. Right? We can go further. I mean, mean, you don't have what it takes to be a parent. You don't. Just wait till your oldest bows up to you. Right? Over something stupid. You don't have the godliness that it takes to respond to that well. You don't. You, you don't have what it takes to, to, to be a spouse, man. You just don't have it. The first person, the first time you get in, in a major fight, man, you're going to want to run. We don't have it on our own and by ourselves. We don't. We need to go and borrow that stuff from Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I'm running a little low on love. Could I have a bit? <laughs> yeah, hang out with me. You'll be full of it. You'll be full of love. Hang out with me, you'll be full of grace. Hang out with me, you'll be full of truth. Hang out with me, you'll be full of mercy. Hang out with me, right? You'll be full of joy. But you only get it in me. Only in me. All right, so we've got to spend time with Jesus. We've got to make that um, a, a big deal, okay? And lastly, lastly, uh, we've got to serve. Some people will read this story, and they have, and they actually think that the story of Mary and Martha is about stopping serving. That's what they take away. They read it and they go, oh, well, i got to stop serving. Not the point at all. Not the point at all. The point is to do what God asks you to do, not come up with your own crazy plans that keep you so busy that you don't spend time with the Lord, right? Which means every time I think I'm hearing from the Lord, I need to examine it. God, is this, is this you? How simple does it need to be, right? How, how complex does it need to be? How many people need to get involved? Lord, would you give me other people that have a heart for this, right? We don't run off and try to do it all by ourselves and then get mad when everybody doesn't jump on board doing exactly what we want them to do. By the way, welcome to church. I'm preaching to me, not to you. Uh, this, this message hit, hits home with probably every pastor on the face of the planet. Uh, and it is something that we struggle with. But you know what? I think it's something that we all struggle with. I think we've all been there. I think we've all done that. And I think God wants to get our attention, okay? Friends, this is not a call to inactivity. This is a call to right service that begins at the feet of Jesus. That kind of service has the power, look at me, that kind of service has the power to change the world forever because it already has. Because it already has. The question is, will you be the next group that goes out and changes our world and, and, and by the way, the entire scope of eternity? Because you have taken the time to sit with the Savior first. Would you guys pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. It is right and it is good. And God, we need it. We need it, we need it, we need it. Would you please um, just use a a couple of minutes here, Father, to grab our attention. Um, God, um, to to call us unto yourself. And uh, Father, we, we, we want to be changed. We need to be changed. Some of us are burnt out. Some of us are angry. We're angry at other people because they don't seem to be as excited about ministries that we care about. We're frustrated. We're tired. We're weary. And God, what we need in all of it is to hear this very loving, encouraging word from you that says, 
Martha, it's okay to just sit down with me. It's okay to just sit down with me. God, would you call us into that kind of rest this morning? Please, in your name we pray. Amen. So I want to tell you a very different tale, and I want to invite you to step into it. It's a very different story. It's not the one that actually occurred, but it's the one that could occur. It's the one that could occur for any Martha that finds himself sitting in the room this morning. And here's the story, ready? There's a God that loves you so much that he comes, and he's come, and he's come to be with you. Because that's his heart. Because you're important to him and you matter. And, and, And you don't matter so that he can use you. You matter because you matter. And he actually wants to hang out with you. He wants to know your hurts and your fears. He wants to know your struggles and your pains. He cares about you so much that he came and he endured agony. Agony. Just so he could spend some time to talk with you. Right? And so here's the story. This is the beauty. That God doesn't need you to serve him. He does not. He doesn't need you to come up with some kind of divine scheme to grab his attention. He does not. That God is so powerful that he can use your empty and bare cupboard and he will provide the feast. That's the God we serve. So so here's the story that didn't happen, but it could today. Martha could have understood that Jesus had come to spend time with her. And she could have said, my Lord, I'm sorry, I haven't been to the grocery store. I got a couple fish and I got a few tiny barley loaves. And Jesus could have said, my darling, don't you know who you're talking to? I turn leftovers into feasts that feed thousands. That's who I am. Would you come and join your sister and just sit and let me feed you today? Does that sound like a good invitation to anybody this morning? Come on, who's tired? Just confess it before the Lord. Raise a hand, I'm tired. Who's, who's been trying to do it on their own? You've been trying to please Him, right? Come on, just raise your hand. I'm trying to please Him. I'm tired, I'm weary, I am worn out, right? Okay, that's awesome. Confess it. So here's, here's the deal. This morning, instead, instead of you trying to fix everything for Jesus, by the way, I'm talking about your life. This morning, could we just bring before him the empty cupboard? Please. For once. Could we just come before Jesus and say, I'm so glad you're here. I don't understand why you want to be with me, but I have nothing to give you. I've got a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. That's all that's in my cupboard. And just watch and see what he does. Okay? So um, Alan's going to play, and I want to invite you into a time of prayer. And and it's going to be different for you, and that's cool. Just bow your heads where you are. Um, I'm going to ask you to come before God open-handed. So just open up your hands if you don't mind. Don't make fists. Just kind of open them up. You can put your palms to the sky. You can even rest your palms there on your thighs. Just, just open-handed. Just open-handed. And I just want you to pray, just you very privately with God. Would you be willing just to say, God, I don't know why you love me like this. But I'm going to let you serve me. Here I am. All I have is this little bit. God, I've only got a little bit of talent. God, right now, life is crazy. I've only got a little bit of time. (laughs) 
God, I just have a little bit of patience. God, here I am. Here I am, God. Would you make something of this? Would you make something of me? Just pray that prayer right now from your heart.